Hello again, fight fans. Welcome to episode number 344 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, Fort Montero on Boxing. Check out this fresh, nice, sexy t-shirt I'm wearing, MOBT. If you guys want to get one, just hit me up and I can get you one. Uh, episode 344, uh, we're about midway through January. And um, as always, guys, I remind you, please make sure you subscribe. You click that notification bell, and if you can't catch the live video, it's all good. You can rewatch it anytime on my YouTube channel, or you can check out the audio pod on podcast platforms across the world. The fee for this show is non-monetary. All I ask is that you guys spread the word, all right? We're building a totally organic thing here. Uh, we do the Neutral Corner on Mondays, 5 p.m. Eastern, and that is my flagship. That's my podcast that I've been doing for a while and we do the news and notes, we do the review, we do the preview, we do your phone calls. By the way, I fixed the phone call issue. Server's good. Uh, there was just some software stuff. I'm not even going to get into the technical stuff, but we've fixed that. So uh, I can see you guys. If you're going to call in, I'll know. And we'll definitely get to a lot of calls today. All right. Um, <clears throat> and then on Friday, sometimes we do the Friday wrap up. And that's a little more let it rip. We kind of just freestyle it and talk about what's going on. Uh, sometimes I get all over the place with it, but um, we have some fun, all right? We definitely let it rip on that uh, on our Friday show. So anyway, let me get right into this, man. Uh, we got some news and notes that I'll cover. We got a couple different things, a couple different items, and then a quick review preview. And then if you guys call in, we'll get you on the phones, okay? Just realize, man, my skin is really, really chapped over here. Well, I did spar a little bit this Saturday, so that would explain why I got this chapped-ass skin here on my cheek. <clears throat> That's just part of the thing, just part of what happens, right? All right, uh, real quick, a couple comments, guys. Um, Jose got one right here up front that I want to address. He says, um, why are you no longer on the Ring ratings panel? The panel still includes people who aren't employed by Ring. So um, that's a great question, and... Um, let me just say, guys, I've been stringing you along for a while. Um, I've been telling you that I've been working on something and I'm going to a new platform. And that is all very, very true. I'm sure you've noticed a lot of changes at Ring Magazine and even just at Golden Boy Promotions in general. There's been several people that have left the ring, right? Uh, Tom Gray, for one, a massive contributor. Uh, Tom Gray, he left. I left, and there are other contributors here in the United States and other parts of the world that have left recently. Also, uh, I'm sure you saw where um, key matchmaker Eric Gomez left uh, Golden Boy recently, right? And uh, He's going to kind of go his own way and do his own thing. So there's been a real reshuffling at Golden Boy, and of course, that affects Ring Magazine. They stopped printing the, the actual physical magazine, and that is there's just changes going on over in that world. For me, I've I left Ring late last year. I've been waiting to announce my next move, uh, but I'll go ahead and let you guys know pretty much what I'm doing here. It's not 100% up and running just yet, but I'll let you guys know uh, because it gets to Jose's question here. Um, you guys know ProBox TV, right? Um, awesome new platform. Super, super cool uh, concept. And these guys do like, fight cards on Wednesdays. They do them, you know, middle of the week. It's not always the same Saturday thing. And uh, they have a complex that Gary Jonas, who, who owns ProBox, it's his outfit. It's his platform. Uh, they have a facility down there in Florida that they're still kind of building out. But they do the shows from down there, uh, the fight cards from down there. And they're actually building out a soundstage, an actual studio where they can film 
shows, kind of like what I'm doing right here in my house. They're building that there. Anyway, I'm going to Pro Box. That's that's the move. I'm going to Pro Box TV, and we are uh, Pro Box is in the midst. And this is why I've been holding back telling you guys, but I've had so many of you ask, and it's 2023, and we're almost going to launch. So might as well put it out. Um, work Pro Box is working on doing a news site, a boxing news site that will go along with the app. And uh, if you subscribe to the app, you're going to get updates from our news site that are going to hit you on the app where you can get articles and all that good stuff. But part of it is the site's going to be awesome because it's not going to be like every other boxing news site out there. I'm not going to get too much into it now. I'll wait till we have the official launch, which hopefully will be February 1st. It keeps getting delayed. We thought it would be the beginning of this year, but you know, technical stuff, you know how it is guys. But uh, we're also going to have ratings. And we're going to do our ratings differently than everybody else. Instead of just having a one through 10 kind of a thing, uh, you guys know a lot of these divisions, maybe there's a top two or three, and then it's just kind of like take a pick between four and 10, right? And you can squabble and argue over the, 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 some of the ratings, you know, the, the actual, uh, you know, stacking of them, but it, it, some of these divisions, the, the, the waters are so muddied. We're going to group each division by like champions, contenders, and prospects. So you're going to get a breakdown there of like the group and how each division is whacked up. Um, I think that's the proper way to do it in the 21st century in a multi-belt era. When these divisions, there's no clear-cut king, most of them. When there is one, we'll name it. We'll call it out. But you guys know how it is, where a lot of these divisions, there's a bunch of different title holders. Then there's a second group of contenders, guys that are like, right there in the mix. And then there's a group of prospects and that's how we're going to kind of whack things up. So I think you guys are going to enjoy the news site. And once that's launching, once that has launched, um, I'll be doing, you know, interviews and stuff like that with fighters here. Uh, and then we may have, you know, a TNC recap will be posted on the site. Like I was doing at ring. And then um, I'll be doing a lot of editorials where I just shoot from the hip and just give my opinions. And the cool thing is, on that platform, ProBox TV, um, I'm going to get to speak my fucking mind. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to it because they're not interested in playing politics and um, kissing ass. We're just doing boxing. We're just doing boxing. So I'm going to get to say what I feel in my editorials. And I think you guys are going to enjoy my articles over there. So, and then there's all sorts of po possibilities, of course, down the line with TNC moving uh, to ProBox and, and all this different stuff that can happen, uh, me being part of the, the the platform. There's a lot of room for growth. As I mentioned before, it's headquartered in Florida. I live in Atlanta. It's like a 45-minute flight down there. Um, it's, I don't know, maybe a four or five-hour drive to get down where I need to go. So um, there's a lot of really cool possibilities. It's just taking a while for all this stuff to kind of launch. So anyway, Jose, uh, I saw your comment there. Wanted to get that out. Um, and let you guys just know what's up. Okay. So, um, let's get into news and notes. And, and obviously we're going to talk more and more about that as it un, un, you know, unravels. Um, first it's going to be just the, the launch of the news site. And I think you guys are going to dig it because it, we're building it out. Every boxing site is the same. It's the same damn thing. This is going to be different. You guys are going to dig the format. You're going to like the way it's set up. It, there, there will be sections where you know something is a legitimate news posting or there will be sections that it's rumor mill 
Okay, we're, we're not going to tell you like, hey, here's a fight rumor. This is news. No, we're going to tell you this is a rumor. Like we're going to break it down like that. So you guys know that you're not getting bullshitted. You're going to know what's news, what's a rumor, what's an editorial, what's a fight recap, all that. It's going to be broken down the way I think a 21st century sports news site should be broken down. That's why it's taking so long. Gary Jonas and the executives there at ProBox are trying to do this the right way. So it's a little bit of a delayed launch, but we'll talk way more about that in the coming weeks and months. Okay, let's get into news and notes. So a couple things, a couple things. Um, I'm sure you guys saw this on Twitter. I, I wanted to address this. Oscar De La Hoya, he, he I think, responded. I, I actually, this wasn't a response to me. It was just a tweet. Uh, if you follow Oscar, sometimes Oscar, you know, doesn't tweet anything for a while. And then some nights he just goes off. And you might have four or five, six tweets where you're like, damn, Oscar, okay. And um, so he could be like a, a very interesting follow. And then sometimes he could be a boring follow. It just depends. Um, but he had a entertaining weekend this, this uh, past weekend. And he tweeted out that today, Monday, at the time I'm recording this, is the deadline for PBC, Steven Espinoza, to get him a signed contract. For Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia, because Oscar De La Hoya is saying publicly, we don't have a contract, nothing's signed. We've agreed to terms, whatever, but nothing is signed, sealed, delivered, and we're not moving forward unless the shit gets signed today. So that's very, very interesting, a juicy little nugget. I retweeted it. I'm sure you guys all have seen it by now. And it's, I don't blame Oscar for doing this. I know some, some people are upset with him. Uh, like, hey, man, this is how the you know business is, is done these days, you know, whatever. You don't need a signed contract to agree to a fight. I don't know what the hell that means, because that's what Steven Espinoza said on Twitter. And the unpaid interns kind of said the same thing. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, I, again, I don't blame Oscar for jumping in here. I still think Ryan Garcia should have took his interim tune-up fight this month, because I think he really might be screwed over in this situation. But Ishe Smith, friend of the show, former world champion uh, and truth teller on Twitter. You may not agree with everything Ishe says, but I, I admire him because uh, I don't have to agree with everything he says. But I admire the fact that he always tells his truth. You're just you're never getting bullshit from him. And he tweeted out in response to Oscar's stuff uh, that when he fought for PBC, it was very, very common for him to get like a phone call, an email, whatever, and say, hey, here's the fight, here's the pay, here's the weight. And he would have a few questions. Is it a right-hander, left-hander? Is it a title fight, non-title fight? Just stuff like that. They'd work out a couple of details like that, and they wouldn't sign a contract. And he'd go into camp and train, and he said he would literally sign the contract for the fight at the weigh-in. Now, that is the way the business is done in some circles. But I can tell you this, um, not every promoter does that. There are a lot of promoters in this business that sign the dotted line, cross the T's, dot the I's way before the damn weigh-in because they're putting their money on the line. And, and I understand why PBC, uh, just the way they want to do business, I guess, because so much can change in this game. And, um, you know, the, the fights can be canceled at the last minute and all this good stuff. But, man, a fight of that magnitude. And, and I get that Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia are not very proven fighters. They're certainly not veterans, although you could say Davis is a veteran in terms of the length 
of his career. But in terms of experience, you know, against high level opponents, he's not. Uh, neither of these guys are what I would call highly accomplished professional fighters, but they're popular. And this is a big fight in terms of popularity. It's going to do business. It's going to do numbers. And more than any of that, it's the biggest fight of both of their careers by far. It's not even close, especially Ryan Garcia's, but even Javante Davis. This is a quantum leap for both of them in terms of opposition. Uh, both of them will be facing the first legit lightweights in their physical prime of their entire career, both of them. So um, a fight of that scale, you should have the damn contract signed. If you're going to announce it and you're going to leak to your media boy, um, you know, you're going to give sources a little nugget to post on ESPN to see if you guys can get people riled up and talking on Twitter and start promoting the fight. Uh, if you're going to go that way, you're going to go that route. This isn't a, a stay busy fight. This isn't just filler material on FS1 or something. This is a big deal, right? I think you need to have contracts signed. And Ishe Smith actually said that on, in, in, on his Twitter. That, you know, it's like, yeah, a fight of this magnitude, you don't want to be signing contracts at the weigh-in. You want to have that shit signed, sealed, and delivered before you go into camp, or at least during the beginning of camp. Um, and I agree. So I, I found this interesting, and it's just, look, man, I don't know if this fight's going to happen. It could be all be posturing, and it could just be Oscar trying to get these guys to motivate and and agree to a couple last items that there's, you know, holding out on. I don't know, right? This, the sausage being made is ugly. And unfortunately we see too much of it on Twitter these days between these promoters and stuff. These guys used to talk in secret and they leak things to newspaper writers. Um, that, that was legitimate newsworthy, uh, legitimate newsworthy items. And today it just, anybody could have a brain fart on Twitter. Boom. It's out there. And people are using it as a source for news, right? And they're making videos and, and articles and stuff based off of tweets. It's it's the craziest thing. But um, I, I don't know. It, you got to have this fight signed. And I would think by the end of this month, if you're going to do it in April, I would, and if I'm De La Hoya and Ryan Garcia side, I want protections in the contract if Javante Davis um goes to jail or, or it gets suspended or anything like that. I, I personally don't think he's going to go to jail. I think he's going to get some sort of probation or something like that. But regardless, I'd want to be protected. I'd want that written into a contract and I'd want it to be signed to where I am legally protected. And um, apparently that has not happened. So anyway, found this interesting thought. Um, it was worthy of bringing up another interesting Little um, nugget. Well, actually, let me look at a couple. Before I get to the next thing, let me look at a couple of your comments. Because I'm... Um, uh, Tony Yeo said, Oscar Dumb for firing Roberto Diaz. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said uh, I said Eric Gomez earlier. I meant Roberto Diaz. Jesus, I'm sorry, guys. Um, I, I don't, He didn't fire him. Um, I, I think that Roberto's going his own way. Um, I wouldn't call it a firing, but there's been... There's definitely been some turnover at Ring Magazine and Golden Boy Promotions recently. Um, things haven't been very good financially since COVID. I'll just put that out there. Uh, finances directly affected Ring Magazine when it came to the print magazine. And um, there were issues really since 2020. There have been some things going on. So um, 
you're just going to see a little turnover and change right now. And hopefully they can get everything ironed out and back on track. But I'll say the two fighters that keep Golden Boy Promotions in the black right now are Ryan Garcia and Virgil Ortiz. And they're not necessarily the most active fighters out there right now, right? Those guys need to be fighting two, if not three times a year. And Golden Boy would be a little healthier right now. That's just not happening. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Gail, Gail Falkenthal says there's a significant reason there's no contract yet. It's due to Tank's pending court trial in February. PBC may be waiting on how this plays out, especially if Tank is going to submit another plea. That makes perfect sense, Gail. Uh, again, all the more reason why Ryan Garcia should have taken that tune-up against Mercedo uh, uh, Gesta this month. I, I don't know why he was advised not to do that. Um, but why, why even announce through the media? If you're PBC, because it wasn't Golden Boy that leaked this to Coppinger. It was the agent that Cop has at PBC that leaks this stuff to him. Why leak this? I understand you want to get the jump and you want to get the story out there and all that stuff. But man, it, you can't sign a contract because of pending legal issues or something like, I, I don't know. Just the, the way things are being done. I mean, we had this, we have this situation in 2022, but then last year, we, remember we had Spence Crawford, which was a giant circle jerk. And then I think you go back to 2020, it was where we had Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, that whole debacle, right? And that wasn't, um, that in involved top rank and um, matchroom. And then um, it ultimately involved PBC because of Deontay Wilder, who, you know, had the contract and, and wanted that third fight with Fury and was legally entitled to it. So you had that whole fiasco. And like for months, we were getting reports that Fury and, and Joshua were going to fight. And that fell through. So it feels like every year we get one of these and people just want to jump the gun so much and talk about fights. And again, if you want to talk about rumored negotiations, I think that's fine. But when you say agreed to terms and you, you put a date out there and you know stuff like that, um, I think fans really get their hopes up. And in an era where you're not getting the best fighting the best often enough with on this on top of all that, I, I think fans are getting more and more frustrated. I'm one of them. And, it, you know, I, I get accused of being negative all the time and being critical all the time. And I really don't want to be. Um, but I, I, you want me to be you want me to, like, be complimentary about this situation? You want this isn't a great situation right now. It's crazy. It's all up in the air. How can I not be critical of it? So, yeah, I feel like I get on here and I rant a lot about stuff like this. And it comes off as me just being this negative guy. I'm really not. I'm a positive person. <laughs> Anybody who knows me in my real life knows I'm a, a happy-go-lucky, positive kind of guy. But um, it, this situation recently with a lot of these fights, man, it's it's difficult to talk about this and not be critical. So, anyway. Um. Toreen, what's up, Toreen? How you doing, brother? He says, uh, I don't think Ryan Tank fight is going to happen. Doesn't the, the, doesn't the DA want a little jail time for Tank? I could be wrong. That That's what people are saying because I guess he rejected a certain plea offer. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say with these, with these DAs, right? Because um, just because they rejected a plea offer doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have jail time. They may just want Javante Davis to have to go through the process to like scare him straight. Right. And um, they may want to slap on some fines so that the 
city, the county, the state can get paid. They may want to slap on some probation so that they can have some probation officers get paid, <clears throat> get paid. And let's be real. A lot of these DAs want to get in the news a little bit. Javante Davis is a professional athlete with, with a you know social media following. You just don't know the reasoning. We don't know. But as I've said several times, in America, people like Trevante Davis, they don't really go to jail that often. Celebrities, athletes, politicians, you know, people like that, millionaires, they don't go to jail. So, so maybe we'll be proven wrong here, but at this point, I'm expecting it to be some kind of probation slap on the wrist kind of a thing. Um, okay. Gail said, uh, bumping this comment, Oscar and Robert Diaz had a personal conflict they couldn't get past in the end. Diaz's wife is Canelo's personal assistant, the pillow talk factor and loyalty factor, right? Um, I'm I'm just going to read your comment, Gail, and leave it alone. Um, I have no further, <laughs> no further uh, comment to add to that. Mandeli says, finally able to make the live show. Keep doing what you're doing, Mike. I appreciate it. And Tony Ayo says, Montero, you need to be more of the cheerleader like Ellie Secback reporting. Does he still do that in his videos? Does he still say that? It's hilarious. Uh, okay. And Sam A with the super chat, he says, uh, thank you, Sam. He said, Floyd Mayweather did jail time in between fights. He did, but um, Floyd could have technically done jail time for several different things over the years. He had to really screw up. And there had to be, um, you know, enough evidence to uh, to put him in jail. But how long was he in jail? A few months. And they, I've talked about this a million times, I know, but like literally the state of Nevada delayed the jail sentence so Floyd could fight. <laughs> I can't think of anybody like myself or any of you guys watching where the state would be that kind to us. You want to talk about privilege, right? There's a lot of talk about privilege in our society these days. This is what I'm talking about. Celebrities and stuff. I mean, look, for that, that jail sentence, Floyd got a slap on the wrist. Maybe that happens to Tank. But, um, you know, he's certainly not in a, in a position like Floyd where I think they would delay, you know, the, the jail sentence for him to fight or anything. I, I just don't know if there's enough. Yeah, I remember Floyd's thing was a domestic violence thing, I think, right? And it involved children. I think the children were involved in that. I don't remember the exact details off the top of my head right now. I'm going off maybe three hours of sleep. But um, this situation with Tank, you guys got to remember, the domestic violence thing, that's that's kaput. That's done because the woman recanted, did not press charges. This is related to uh, the court date next month is related to a hit and run. So um, I don't know. You know, I don't know how that's going to play out and um, – what kind of sentencing that that may include uh, versus what a domestic violence charge would, you know, what kind of sentencing that may include. We'll just have to see. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Gail adds, uh, Torian is 100% correct, not the DA. Judge Melissa Finn rejected the deal, which included a one-year suspended sentence, two months of home confinement, and zero jail time. Okay, so it was the judge. Okay, um, again, guys, um, I, I I knew this the plea deal was rejected. I couldn't remember who rejected it or what. But um, look, female judge, Melissa Finn, um, she may simply want Gervonta to have to stay in trial and, and talk to people about this and have to deal with this in a real way. Um, 
Interesting. So the deal included a one-year suspended sentence, two months of home confinement, zero jail time. Huh. Well, she rejected that. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do jail time, though. We shall see. <clears throat> James Burrell adds, uh, being famous doesn't get you a pass for running into people and running off a security camera caught at all. Good point, James. Again, I might be proven wrong. I, I guess I'm just turning into a cynical old prick. What can I say? What can I say? Uh, Nacho says those hit and run charges for Tank are going to be tough for him to overcome without jail time. All right. You guys seem pretty set on this. Then you know what? Why would Oscar De La Hoya and all those guys even talk about a signed contract then from Gervonta Davis, knowing that he's so likely to do jail time? Uh, to me, that's all just posturing. Dude, move forward and make another fight for Jav um, Ryan Garcia. Get off of Twitter. That would be my advice to Oscar De La Hoya. Just move forward. All right, next item. I thought this was interesting. I saw an article. Uh, I can't remember the, the site. Um, there was actually a couple sites that reported about this, I should say. DAZN, the streaming platform, global. Okay, I'm not talking about DAZN America or DAZN UK. I'm talking about global DAZN. Had, uh, they boasted revenue of over $2 million in 2022 and 15 million global subscribers. This was after reporting losses of over $2 billion in 2021. Uh, it was interesting. I found it interesting that those losses that were reported in 2021, people like Dan Raphael and, and certain boxing writers uh, in America tweeted that out and we're talking about it in articles and sharing that information when they took massive losses. Part of the big losses they took in 2021 were related to um, uh, purchasing uh, the rights deals to, I think, um, soccer and it may have been tennis. I can't remember which sports, but I know there was a, a couple of different soccer leagues they bought the rights to so they could stream those soccer matches in that particular league. And it's, it cost them billions of dollars. So that was a, a big part of their losses in 2021. But the news that they actually made revenue last year, which was about the same amount of revenue of the amount of revenue was about the same as their amount of losses last year, or now it's last last year. Sorry. I keep forgetting it's 2023. Um, I haven't seen a lot of tweets about this. I haven't seen a lot of the same articles from the, the same guys that were reporting about the losses. I do find that interesting. Um, now, to do this, okay, DAZN um, had to start charging more. They've they've doubled fees for a lot of uh, subscribers, not just in America, where, where primarily people are subscribing for boxing. I know you can get access to other sports, but a lot of most of the people in America subscribing, it's it's for boxing. The, the rates have gone up here, but they've gone up around the world, you know, in different parts of Europe and, and Asia, I think um, the rates have gone up. And then, of course, they started doing pay-per-view last year, you know, with Canelo Alvarez and everything. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, I will say this. Um, people were writing the obituary for the zone very, very quickly. And there seemed to be a lot of people in the American boxing press, um, those especially those tied to premier boxing champions, but also some of them tied to top rank, uh, who really wanted to see the zone fail, really, really were rooting for it to fail. The thing is that I think those people don't understand. Um, the zone is backed by 
billionaires, people who are worth tens of billions of dollars who are in it for the long haul, and they don't just do boxing. Globally, boxing is a smaller part of what they do. The, the bigger thing that they're known for in many parts of the world is, is soccer or football, as you know, most countries call it. Um, that's the big thing that they're really known for in many parts of the world. So they are set up globally, you know, in 200 plus countries with a really good infrastructure. So uh, they're built to grow over the next five plus years where other platforms are going to be diminishing because their way of, you know, if, if you look at traditional network TV here in America, but all over the world, but particularly here in America, it's a dinosaur. And that forum, that platform is dying off. More and more people are streaming content, right? But there's also this element. There's zones set up very well. They're in every damn country, just about every territory, even parts of the world that aren't considered countries, you can get the zone. But increasingly, sports fans are finding illegal streams to watch stuff. And not just sports fans, but people are finding ways to stream movies and stuff instead of having to go to the theater or, or pay for it. Um, people, you know, a lot of you guys watching this, you probably got Netflix, Amazon Prime, that kind of stuff, um, HBO Max, whatever it is. But there's a lot of people that are out there that are like, you kind of reach a limit, right? And you're like, okay, I'm not subscribing to any more shit. I'm just going to stream it. I'm going to find a stream somewhere. And I don't care if it's in Swahili. I'm going to watch this boxing match. I don't care what language the commentary is in. I just want to see the fight. A lot of you guys out there are doing that. So in that world, DAZN is going to have an issue getting people to want to subscribe to their platform if they do not provide maximum value. And so that's on them. That's on them to figure out in the coming years. But the obituaries were a little premature. Yeah, these guys lost like over $2 billion, I think almost $3 billion in 2021 alone. Um, they made almost all of that back this year or le- last year. But um, they know that they're going to lose money up front, especially when they're buying rights to everything. They're gobbling everything up. The way that they keep people long term, though, is to provide value. And that remains to be seen if they can do that. All right. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, Mendeli says Serie A is a huge get. Yeah, that's the league. That's the big one that they got, right? And that cost them billions, dude. That was a big, big one, Serie A. So several of you guys have said that. Um, yeah, that was that was a big one. And that's going to be – it already has become profitable for them, you know, in 2022. And it's just going to continue in 2023. So they're set up well. Now, long term, they may decide – this boxing shit ain't, ain't cutting it for us. We're going to cut boxing off the platform. That could happen. But if you look at the contracts that like Matchroom has, uh, they're set up pretty long-term with the zone. So I, it's not going away anytime soon. And I think, again, a lot of people writing the obituary need to slow down just a little bit. Sam A says um, ESPN Plus went up to $9.99 per month. F that. They doubled it. I only used it for fights. Yeah, I hear you, man. Here's the thing with ESPN Plus, though. There are a lot of subscribers that subscribe to it for MMA. And um, you can get all the 30 for 30s on there and all that kind of stuff. So there's people that subscribe to it for different reasons. Um, We do it for for boxing and stuff, but there's people out there that buy it for other reasons. And then I think you get it um, 
ESPN's parent company is Disney. I think if you subscribe to Disney's app, you get ESPN Plus, or at least sometimes they do bundles like that. So they have a lot of different options to get people to subscribe to it. Um, they're set up pretty well, too. And, and Top Rank has a good deal with ESPN. And yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Papa Chubby says, yeah, Serie A would be huge money for TV rights. Yeah, huge, huge. But that money is going to come right back in. So for them to win that one, big deal. <clears throat> All right. Let's get a quick fight review. If you guys want to get on the lines, go ahead and call in, man. I'll get to your calls in just a second here. Uh, Saturday, January 14th, there was a big weekend of football, right? This whole weekend, but there was some boxing in between it. By the way, I know there's a football game on tonight. Uh, Dallas Cowboys versus Tom Brady. I'm not even going to call it Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it's basically Tom Brady versus the Dallas Cowboys. It's can Tom Brady's old ass will his team to victory one more time. I don't know. They limped into the playoffs. You got to favor the Cowboys tonight. But um, yeah, we will. Um, we won't run too long because I know a lot of you guys got a pregame to get ready for the for the big football game. Anyway, uh, last Saturday at the Turning Stone Resort in upstate New York, top rank had a card on ESPN. And uh, man, the main event, what a freaking letdown. Real quick on the undercard, Abraham Nova, unanimous decision over Adam Lopez. The judges had it really wide for Nova, who did drop Lopez twice. Uh, one of those knockdowns did not really seem legit to me, but the knockdown in the fifth was legit. Either way, if you looked at the actual punch numbers and everything, um, it felt like a pretty competitive fight. But the judges had it really, really wide for Nova. Either way, I'm good with him winning because of the knockdown, and uh, I thought he edged it. Cool with that decision, but scorecard's too wide. Then in the co-main, Jonathan Rice, another upset special win for him. TKO7 win over Guido Vianello. And uh, there was a punch that opened a cut in, I think, what, the sixth round? And at first, it was the, the referee ruled that it was from a headbutt. So they went to the, they were going to go to the scorecards. And Vianello was up. He had um, throw, thrown a lot more punches. He had landed a lot more. It was sloppy. It wasn't pretty. But he just on volume, he had won the rounds. So had it gone to the scorecards, he would have won. But upon instant replay, the referee's original ruling was overruled. And they said, no, this cut was caused by a punch. And per the rules up there in New York, if a cut is caused by a punch, it's a TKO win for the fighter who caused the cut. So in this case, Jonathan Rice was on his way to losing this fight, was going to lose on the cards. He was probably going to go the distance. And um, he probably would have taken Vianello to the final bell, but he would have lost on the cards. But that one punch that landed just the right way, busted open Vianello's face, and thus Rice gets a W. I'd like to see a rematch of this. If you're Guido's people, run it right back. Run this right back as soon as that uh, cut heals. And see what you can do in the rematch. Vianello uh, gets hit too much, heads on the line too much, gets sloppy with his offense. His punches aren't always crisp and straight, and thus he can be countered. So there are issues there. Uh, if you're getting punched hard enough by a guy like Jonathan Rice to where it's busting open your face, there are issues there. He hasn't shown any issues with a chin yet, with his chin, but see if he can correct this. It could just be one of those freak things. It happens in boxing. But uh, definitely some stuff to clean up for Guido Vianello. In the main event, F.A. Ajagba, unanimous decision over Steven Shaw. 
uh, first loss of Shaw's professional career. What an awful freaking fight. I expected more from this. I expected more from both fighters. I really, really did. Uh, Shaw did absolutely nothing. And Ajagba did just a little bit more and pretty much just landed jabs, which, hey, just win, baby. I get it. I get it. But this is the main event. You have a main event on ESPN. I get it. You're going up against NFL playoff football. That's David versus Goliath. I understand. But this is a huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. Um, you did high profile sports weekend. Most of the country right now, it's cold. People are staying inside on Saturday night. They're watching TV. They're watching sports. Big opportunity, dude. And, and, and both of is kind of blew it. And for Stephen Shaw, for those of you who watched this fight, I'm sure you saw what I saw coming into this because I picked Stephen Shaw to win. I actually thought he'd win. Um, I'm not going to say like I, I didn't think he was going to dominate, but I thought he was going to clearly win this fight. And I think you guys could see from the skill set perspective, he should have won. He could have won. He never went for it. He never pulled the trigger. I think he was intimidated by Ajagba's size and strength and power, which is surprising because Shaw has enough of a career, both amateur and pro, where that shouldn't have been an issue. He should be over that sort of thing. But he just, he looked, maybe he wasn't prepared. Maybe there was an injury. I don't know. But I just expected more for him from him. Uh, these guys combined combined for they threw a combined 184 power punches again that's that's not one of the fighters that's combined so both of them combined through 18 power punches around and they landed 51 between the two of these are heavyweights between the two of them Heavyweights, it's all power punches, right? Unless you're an all-time great jabber like Vladimir Klitschko or Larry Holmes or something, those guys could win fights and dominate them against world-class elite heavyweights simply with a jab. Outside of those kind of fighters, dude, heavyweights throw power punches. That's what they're known for. These two fighters over 10 rounds combined for 51 landed power punches. That's five a round, dude. Wow, what a bad fight. Really, really disappointed. I expected so much more from that fight. All right. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, do fight preview. We got some stuff to preview this week. Uh, Friday, January 20th, there is a showbox card from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So there's that. And we also have Sunday boxing, January 22nd. Don King as a card in Miami featuring Berman Stavern. Remember him? Apparently he's still fighting. Apparently Don is still promoting. I have no idea if this card's being streamed or broadcast anywhere. I really don't know. It's a god-awful card. And I'm not saying this to beat up on anybody, but when I think of what Don King once was, he once ran the sport alongside Bob Arum. Like in the 19, a good part of the 70s, but really the 80s and 90s, Don King and Bob Arum were bigger than any sanctioning organization, any other promotion. They ran the sport in a lot of ways, at least in America. And Don King is now doing shows that are club-level type of shows that I go to here in Atlanta. That you know, like it, no disrespect, but a club show is a club show, right? You expect to see um club level fighters you may get a couple of interesting prospects or maybe a, a former um champion who's now a faded veteran like a berman stavern it's a club show 
So Don King is now promoting club shows, which again, nothing wrong with that. I love club shows. They're the lifeblood of the sport. But could you guys imagine Bob Arum promoting a club show in a random small town in America? Um, that's pretty much what Don is doing. Although this card's in Miami. I wouldn't call Miami a small town. It's a medium-sized city. But still, um, I, I guess it, it's his passion. He's it keeps him young, I guess. I don't know. Uh, okay, but the big card this weekend, Saturday, January 21st, Manchester, England. This will be on the zone. In the main event, Chris Eubank Jr. going against Liam Smith, who recently moved up to middleweight from junior middleweight. This will be a middleweight fight. Also, um, two heavyweight cards on the undercard. Richard Rackpori, 15-0 fighter out of London. Oh, I'm sorry. This is a cruiserweight fight. This one's cruiserweight. Richard Rackpori. Going up against Christoph Glovaki. Uh, Christoph Glovaki, of course, former champion at Cruiserweight. Tons of experience. Been in there with everybody. So this is a huge step-up fight for the Brit. And that is going to be an interesting matchup. I, I enjoy the Cruiserweights. I really do. And then in heavyweight action, Joseph Parker going up against Jack Massey, who is a former Cruiserweight himself, who actually lost to Richard Rockpore in 2019 he's moving up to heavyweight to serve as cannon fodder for joseph parker who um is going to get a w here i guess he's owed a solid after taking some tough fights in recent years so that's it that's it for the preview guys all right we got a few calls lined up we'll jump to these we'll get it popping here we'll keep these calls short all right First call is from France. I think we got Johnny here. Let's pick him up. All right. France, you're on hey, the show. Mike. What's up? Hey, Mike. Hey, what's How up, Johnny? You, yeah, I'm very good. And you? Happy New Year, Mike. Happy Thank New you so year. much. Same to you. All the best for you and your family. Thank you. I see you. You've not, uh, you've not uh, stepped so much uh, those last days. I can see that. I can hear that. No? It's been, it's been a short night, right? What's that? Short, short night for you, right? Short night, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very short yeah, nights. Every night's a short night. Yeah. The night and the day yeah. uh, just kind of uh, blends together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything's going all right for you, Mike? Everything's okay for you? Everything's going, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, um, it's a bit better. It's tough, but uh, things are a little better with my daughter. She's eating a little better. Um, but you know, things are difficult with my mother and it's just going to be a tough run for a while for my family. So it is what it is, but we're, we're hanging in there. We're yeah. doing okay. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you do. Yeah. You're doing, you're doing a great job there. It's a, it's such a pleasure to be, to be, to have you back, you know, uh, on, you. on the show. And, uh, and I think everybody in the MOB family is, uh, right behind you. Everybody thinks of you all the time. Thank you, you know? so much. So. Thank you so much for providing us uh, with this uh, platform, and uh, and we all our thoughts uh, are going with you at that moment, really. Thank you, really, Mike. Just a few, uh, just just a quick call. I just wanted. I, I've not seen. Have you have you mentioned the, the Chris Eubank fight? You know, Chris Eubank fighting in London this Saturday against the Lion Smith, defeating it. You have you mentioned the fight? Yeah, I just mentioned it in my preview, but I really haven't broken it down. I figured you guys would want to talk about it. How do you see that fight, John? Uh, yeah, yeah it's just, I think it's a fun fight. 
I think it's going to be a really fun fight because uh, Christian Benchino is athletic, but he's, he's not really stylistic. He's not really a good boxer, not really. And uh, BC Smith is a bit underrated, you know? Yeah. They always uh, try to fit into the to the British guys, the upcoming British guys, and he keeps holding uh, his own, you know, as on a national level. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a good level, you know, it's a, it's a good level. And um, I think uh, Liam Smith uh, being uh, the better boxer, I think he might overcome, you know, William Polk, maybe, you know, a good win on, on Polk. Something a bit like uh, the George Ross fight. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, um, it's you it's going to um, be a good uh, it's a good contrast of styles. I, I I like the fight. It's it, I agree with you. It's a domestic level kind of a fight, but the style matchup between Eubank and Smith, I think, is going to uh, match very very well. I think it's going to be a fun fight. Yeah, I do too. I do too because. Uh... Smith uh, going to be able to adapt you know, to printer or printer or punch and, uh, and getting the rhythm with him. So it's, um, it's, um, I think it's going to be a fun fight. Uh, just uh, a few words about the, the Davis, Bank Davis fight, not uh, his whole legal situation, because <laughs> I've heard about that also. But um, um, just a few words uh, about the, the Bank Davis fight. I, I mean, it's such a, it's such a waste, you know, that uh, the guy... Uh, doesn't fight more often because he's really gifted. I think he's uh, one of the most naturally gifted of the world division, mm-hmm. you know, above all of them. Because he's got this, um, you know, simple boxing, you know, this simple balance uh, and um, and strength uh, that uh, cannot, uh, that is, uh, I mean, he's the most gifted of the, of the world division. I don't know what you think about that, but uh, I was really surprised by him. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think he is one of the more talented guys. He's explosive. He's athletic, and uh, that's what makes his fights fun to watch. I just wish he'd fight more. Yeah, yeah, he, he needs to fight more. I think he's he's been a bit uh, overshadowed by uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, since he's making his own way now, maybe he's going to be, you know, more eager to fight. Uh, I hope so. Guys, his name because he was. Um, I hope so. But if he's he wants to fight, so let's see, you know. But I was really, really happy to see him, uh, to see that fight because uh, I thought that uh, he really, really did, did a good fight. He had the ability to, you know, to punch in between the, the opponent's home balls. That's not so often that you see boxers performing like that. He really has, has something of the other boxer of the way division. You know, I put him... Uh, he looked, he looked a little more dangerous than, uh, let's say, David Lini, you know? Mm. I think it's more dangerous than him. Because um, the aim is wounded, but um, you see, I don't know, I think he's, um, he's the best, he's, um, he's the most savage one. He really wants to, to make damage. And that's a pretty unique at the great division. Yeah, he's got he's got a mean streak when he fights. He's got a mean streak in him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's cool, Mike. That's all. I, I make it short today. Uh, have a good night. It was a pleasure being back uh, on the show. And uh, shout out to everybody. All right, thanks a lot, John. Good night, Mike. All right, ciao, brother. Thank you, bye. I should mention, guys. Um, friend of the show, show uh, CJ Duncan. You guys have seen him in the chat. 
He's called in a bunch of times. Uh, him and his wife, Vicky, just had a baby boy this weekend. So um, everything uh, healthy, baby's beautiful, beautiful little boy, and uh, 10 fingers, 10 toes, all that good stuff. So shout out to CJ and uh, and Vicky Duncan. Uh, if you guys get a chance, if you see CJ uh, in the chat, he's probably he's at the hospital. He's busy right now. But uh, next time you guys see him on the chat and stuff, make sure you congratulate him. Uh, because him and his wife, uh, they just joined the world of parenthood this weekend. So, all right, we've got Nacho on the line. Let's jump to him. Nacho, what's up, man? How you doing? All right, Mike. Finally get it, getting on uh, for the first time. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> After the last two failed starts. Yeah, it feels so good, exactly. man. It feels good to have you guys on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels good to be on. Um, just real quick, Mike, I just wanted to touch on the fight. Um, like you said, uh, I thought that uh, Jagba and Shaw were going to bring it. It was very disappointing to see that fight. Um, it's kind of reminded me of that old Teddy Atlas quote. Of they came to that silent agreement where neither guy was going to um, really you know, go after the other one. And they just kind of played it out in the ring because Neither guy did much. I mean, Shaw did, like you said, Shaw did nothing, and then Ajagba did a little bit more than that. Yep. And that's basically what the fight played out. Um, and I really thought that Ajagba was going to come out there and try to knock him out, especially since he had been saying he was upset about how Shaw was talking smack to him before the fight. So I really thought he was going to go out there and try to take his head off. And the fact that he didn't, it was like, man, what a disappointment. But, you know... Sometimes that happens. Sometimes guys don't, you know, don't uh, live up to the hype. So it is what it is. Um, I just thought that that was just an opportunity for Shaw to basically uh, make a name for himself and make himself a instant contender. Had he beat a Jogba, he would have made himself a name. But, you know, he, he blew his opportunity, and who knows when he'll get another shot at a live uh, national TV spot right. like that again. Right. Um, and uh, and then with the other one, Mike, um, man, Vianello was winning that fight handily. Um, it's just unfortunate for him that one straight right hand that he didn't defend basically cost him that fight, opened up that nasty gash above his eye, and they ended up, you know, stopping the fight. Although it was interesting, though, how Estevez, the referee, tried to turn that into a, a, a what was it, an accidental headbutt or something like that right? and tried to basically go to the scorecards and give it to Vianello. And it wasn't until the, the ESPN broadcasters told him like, Hey man, you need to come and take a look at this replay. And then he saw the replay and he was like, Oh, okay. You're right. It wasn't from a headbutt; It was a punch. So he knew he had gotten caught at that point and he had no choice, but to actually reverse the call. Mm -hmm. But uh good, good for rice getting the win. But how big of a setback is that for Vianello, Mike, You do you think? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I like the way you put it, Nacho, because you said it one punch cost him the fight. And it's 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 crazy because one punch can cost you the fight in, in the sense that you could get knocked out. But sometimes one punch can cost you the fight where it cuts you like this. Um, so in this case, you know, I don't think it sets him back too much because it's not like he was knocked out, as you mentioned, as I mentioned, he was winning the fight. I didn't think he was fighting particularly sharp. He kind of looked sloppy to me, but he was winning the fight pretty clearly. And mm -hmm. 
so in that sense, I don't think it's that much of a setback. I just think he needs to get right back in the ring and do a rematch with Johnny Rice and beat him. And if he can do that, then this is not a big deal, and he moves forward. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I was just hoping that because of the of the way he lost, it's not going to tarnish, um, you know, how good of a prospect he can be. Because, like, like you said, he's sloppy, but he was dominating the fight for the most part. Rice yeah. wasn't really all that effective. So, yeah, it would be in, it would be a good idea to get a rematch, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. And then uh, I just wanted to bring up a couple of, you know, little tidbits. Like, I don't know if you had heard. Um, Mauricio Lara is going to fight Lee Wood on the 18th of February. That fight's been made official. What do you think about that? I like that one. Um, I I know. Well, what happened with Lee? Wasn't what happened with Leo Santa Cruz and that whole thing? So finally, what happened was um, they gave them another "quote unquote" window to negotiate the fight between Santa Cruz and Wood, and I think the PBC just figured out, yeah, we're not going to fight this guy, so let's just give up the belt, and that's what happened. They finally gave up the belt, Jesus. and Wood got the full belt. Yeah, but they literally just dragged their feet the whole fucking time. That's what I was just about to Wood say, dude. That he was going to fight Santa Cruz. Yeah, but how fucking long did they drag that and in in drag boxing fans along? It is I hate like I I sound like I'm being critical of PBC on every show, dude. And I understand why some people think I'm like a PBC hater. I promise I'm not, but they do shit like this all the time. (laughs) Like every promotion Mm -hmm. does their dirt, right? But there's one in particular that does this stuff all the time. Every episode, we have some kind of comment like this. Dude, they were dragging that along for how long, Nacho? And the WBA... Probably close. Yeah, go ahead. Probably close to a year. Yeah. Yeah, Probably close to a year. Just to walk away from it. Yeah, just to basically say, never mind, we're not going to fight this guy. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But like you said, Mike, you got to call out the the facts for what they are, whether you come across as a hater or, or not, you know? Yeah. It is what it is, but, you know, people are going to comment no matter what, you know, but I'm glad that Wood finally got the belt in full and we're not going to have to deal with this whole, oh, maybe Santa Cruz will fight him bullshit anymore because we knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, they were just dragging their feet. And then the other one, Mike, was, uh, like you said, I don't want to say, like, sources or none of that shit, but I read that Top Rank is trying to make that fight between Michael Conlon and uh, El Venado Lopez for either April or May. That's a good fight. Where? It sounds like it's going to be probably on on Conlon's turf. Okay. It doesn't sound like it's going to be here in the U.S. That, dude, that yeah. atmosphere, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like that fight. I like both of those fights. I'm glad one of them's made, and I hope the second one gets made as well. I, I really hope that. They make that fight because they they both fights have a chance to be really entertaining for sure. Well, um, I, and then just real quick, Mike, I yeah. heard you. Oh, sorry, I heard you mention that uh, that sad Don King card. I had read that it's supposed to be Saturday night. Did they push it back to Sunday? The report I got said Sunday, but let me look it up. Let me see. I'm actually gonna pull, let's pull up Don King's site because <laughs> his site is so hilarious. Uh, uh-huh. Let me pull up. I'm going to share my screen, man. 
because uh don's site man it, it just it looks like it's from the 90s bro here we go all right all right no, guys I'm sure yeah let's let's scroll and find out what's going on with this we've got uh the clash of the champions let freedom ring uh that's what he's naming this card uh it's no, yeah. It says, uh, check out the promo for upcoming event Don King's Clash of Champions, Let Freedom Ring promo live from Miami, Florida, January 21, which is Sunday. So, has it right you know, there on the Saturday, site. Mike? It's oh, wait, Jesus, I'm losing my mind now, Joe. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like every week I'm, I keep making mistakes, and so I'm just so tired. Please. It will get better. I promise. Give me a couple more months. But um, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. That is Saturday. Thank you for correcting me. Jeez. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I I was kind of confused. I was like, I didn't see the boxing scene uh, thing say it was Sunday. I thought it was Saturday the 21st. Okay. So it is on Saturday. All right. Glad. Yeah. Glad we got cleared Thank up. Thank you so much. Sure. Because I would have kept yeah, tweeting no it and everything about it being Sunday. So, you know, half the show I said it was Sunday, but at least we got it corrected an hour in. Thank you, Nacho. At least your, your yeah, brain is no working problem. today. Uh, <laughs> um, and then just uh, on the fight this weekend, Mike, um, I like you said, I think uh, Joseph Parker is being given a kind of a stay busy you know, easy win against that guy he's fighting. So he should win that fight. And then um, the uh, cruiserweight fight, I think the the British, uh, what was his name? Reak? It is Richard Rack, Rackpore. His, his name is R-I-A-K-P-O-R-H-E. Rackpore. I don't know. Yeah, him. I, I can't even say it. <laughs> I, I think he should be uh glow glow wacky because I think glow wacky's kind of past past it at this point. I think he's just been kind of hanging on ever since the uh super six tournament where you know that was probably where he was at his peak, but he hasn't really been that good of a fighter since then. So I think uh uh Rackful should win that fight. Mm -hmm. And then the main event, I think um that's going to be an interesting fight. I think um, Lee, I think Liam Smith is being kind of uh, counted out a little bit because a lot of people just assume that Eubank is a better fighter. But I think Liam Smith's been tested tough. He's been tested tough throughout his career. And I think he's going to give uh, Eubank a tough fight. Mm -hmm. I think the only reason Eubank wins is because it's taking place at middleweight totally and it's not agree. at junior middleweight. Totally agree. I think if it was a junior middleweight, I think Liam Smith wins that fight. But I expect uh, I expect Eubank to win a, a tough but a close uh, UD, Mike, for sure. All right, Mike. Uh, well, that's all I got. Uh, I'm sure there's other people there. Um, I'll talk to you again uh, next week then. All right. Thanks, Nacho. I appreciate it, man. All right. Yeah. No problem. I'm glad, so glad Nacho corrected me. <laughs> I got. I have it literally on my notes. Sunday, January twenty second, Don King card, Miami. I don't know where I got that from. I, I honestly don't. But clearly, I'm not getting enough sleep these days. Um, I am trying to get my ass in the gym every day, and I will say, it's hard to work out when you're really, really tired. But you know, I'm pushing through because I'm really trying to get back in shape, and uh, that's just making me more exhausted. Anyway, enough about me. 
in my bullshit. Back to the phones we go. And uh, this is Luis is on the line from San Francisco. What's up, man? Mike, what's good with you, man? Good to glad to hear the find be able to talk to you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm glad to have you guys back on. It's nice to uh <laughs> have you guys calling in and uh let you guys do some of the talking so I can take a break. Yeah, just, just let you know how much you appreciate it though, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So look, I wonder like last week when you uh was bringing up the Thurman fence, like like that like the high hole announcement like rubbed me all the way wrong. Like I'm um been a faithful supporter to the pay per view system, although you know, streaming is so easy nowadays. You know, just to, you know, keep the sport alive and, and get these get these fighters paid and and you know I mean keep these uh good fights rolling. But I, I, it got to a point where I'm, I'm done with this shit, bro. Like, I'm not supporting none of these bullshit-ass fights no more. I'm tired of these motherfuckers robbing me with no gun. These <laughs> fake-ass fights. Fucking uh, Thurman and Spence, all this shit that they went through with Thurman, uh, magically moving him up to the rankings of the WBC, and stepping on all the other, uh, you know, contenders and one, two, three-ranked fighters to be the mandated. And then after all that shit, Y'all make the fight out the welterweight division, mm -hmm. so where it's like, like, uh, I, I, I just, I'm just, I'm just done with this shit, though, Mike. Like, seriously, like the PBC, everybody they have more quote unquote haters than supporters, but it's it's shit like this that makes us, you know, point the finger at these motherfuckers. Like, yeah. how the fuck? Like, this shit makes no logical sense whatsoever. And Spence, like, only had what they were. I was seeing some little polls and shit on another channel that he's only had two fights in the last four years. I mean, it took the guy his whole career to get those three titles. Like, you know, I, and I don't even know how he's even ranked on the ring as a top 10 fighter when he ain't never left the division. And he fought all fighters that he fought was never on their prime, the uh, truth be told. You know what I mean? So it's like, like this guy is holding up the, the, the quote-unquote, you know what I mean, the money division. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? The welterweight division is, is, is so historic besides Besides the heavyweight, obviously, it's 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 the second best division in boxing to me personally. No, you're dog. Historically, you're right. I mean, if you look at the fighters that have been at welterweight, like Sugar Ray Leonard, and some of some of the all time greats, you're you're absolutely right that in America, at least, I would say welterweights right up. I mean, heavyweights king, but welterweights right up. Maybe welterweight and middleweight are are right up there, right after heavyweight. Um, it is seen as one of the glamour divisions. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's like how how, how like we letting this this shit happen? How we letting this shit ride? Like WBO, WBA, excuse me. We know how you know how fake they is. You know all these fake ass Reggie Bells and shit. Right. You know, and, right. and WBC is starting to pull that bullshit now. Yep. The franchise and the and the interns and the I mean all this other diamond bullshit, belt and all that and. Yeah, like, and the IBF was kind of like the one that was, out of all of them, I would say they was kind of like the most firmest ones where Mr. Peoples wasn't going for that shit. I mean, he was like, he was, no, if you, this is your mandate, you got to fight him or you got to vacate. You know what I mean, he was he was the strictest for the longest that I could remember. Even he you bent mean, over, though, dog. Like, uh, all the facts. I'm sorry? Even he bent over, though, for for this thing at Welterweight right now. Even he's like, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. That's what I'm saying, Mike. Like, what the fuck? Like, we have no type of back, like, no type of backing in this shit, bro. It's like, I'm legit. Like, I'm pissed about this shit because it makes no sense. And then, and, and all that's going to happen is Spence is going to eventually 
end up vacating all those titles. We're never going to see. We're going to get robbed of another super fight. But Vince Crawford are never going to fight. I just honestly think that they never wanted that fight to Spence. They knew that it made no sense for them to uh, uh, 50-50 fight to where they knew that they man had essentially of losing all those titles and walking away with all the titles and, and leaving the whole, you know, the whole table with nothing in that division. Going back to what we were just saying, and, and one of the ones fired money, money, uh, money, um, weight classes. I, do, do you, your call is on point today. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, you're just saying it a lot better than I do because when I do it, I rant for 30 minutes. You, you're getting more concise with it. I Listen, man, I, I think that your viewpoints are shared by a lot of fans. And I got to say, you know, it, for me to do a show every Monday and then m- most Fridays, it takes a lot of passion. It takes a lot of um, – patience and discipline a lot of work to get all my notes and get everything together a lot of time especially when i'm exhausted these days with an infant baby it is getting harder and harder and harder to want to even do this with the shit that we keep getting and i i keep you know exactly. friday's show last friday's show i was just really negative and i'm trying not to be that way but there's on top of all the bullshit. Then we had Steven Espinoza doing all his craziness. And, and, and you know, it, dude, it's harder and harder to support this shit. At what point do fans just break and say, I'm done? At what point? It, it is, Mike. And it's like, honestly, like, bro, I feel like I'm like in my little circle of five minutes. I'm like well rounded. I watch like every sport, but uh, boxing is like one of my, in my top two. And I'm the one pressing, like, oh, you got to watch this fight. Y'all got to watch this fight. Let's just get together. Let's be sub. It's a fight party. But now it's like, I'm the one, like, man, fuck that shit. Let's just stream it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to it on my own on my phone. They kick back in my bed. I got my bathroom right there. Order me. You know what I mean? Like, I- I'm getting away from that shit. I mean, I also don't get older, but it's like, it's no motivation there. Put it with all this bullshit. Yeah. And going to Tank, leading to my to my next topic real quick. You know, I'm going to get off. I mean, got a lot of people want to talk to you. But real quick, like the, the whole Davis shit, I feel that he never wanted that Garcia fight. I honestly think that he only used that fight as leverage for the court system. As far as, if you remember when they were uh, in April, this was in fucking damn near uh, November, December of last year, you know, using it like, oh, yeah, we're going to fight in April. But your court case is in February. Not saying that you're going to go to jail, but I feel like he was honestly using that shit for the court system for so he could, you know, play the, the you know, the, the pity role or the uh, I'm, I'm sorry or I have right. a fight coming up. You know, just house arrest me, or you know, you do community service, some bullshit, so where he wouldn't get like hit with the book. But this, this, this hit and run shit, it, it's not no joke, dude. It's not no fucking joke. Mm. So I honestly think that he really didn't give a fuck about the Garcia fight. He never was really into it. He really only like invested uh, any type of life in it to to help him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, you might you might be absolutely right, man. It, 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 I don't know what to believe at this point. My thing is in life, I, I look at track records. It's it's like a politician that gets up and and changes their damn tune. Whatever way the polls are going, they're going to change their opinion, right? They're all fake and phony. I look at the track record yeah. of the politician, right? So in this case, I look at the track record of, the, of this particular promotion, this particular fighter and his handlers, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think this shit's happened. That's just what I'm looking at. I, I don't. I don't, Mike. And it's at this point, we're not, we're not getting no super fights. We have no fights to look forward to. 
hopefully Usyk and Fury is the last one that might potentially ain't got you know ain't got no dagger in it yet. But as far as this Spencer Crawford, I'm done with that shit. That shit ain't happening. Fucking Garcia, uh, um, Garcia, um, uh, Davis ain't gonna happen. As far as, and especially with you know Delahoya coming out talking his shit now. Now he can he gets the point. I feel like he feel like us now. You gotta think about it. he was a fighter at one point that did want to fight the best. I mean, talk he shit did. about Oscar all you want, but not not true, not true in general. But I'm saying. You know, overall, like, talk shit about Oscar as far as people, but Oscar fought motherfuckers. You know what I mean? When he was in his prime, when he was the golden boy, like, that motherfucker fought people. That's why he got to where he got where he's at now. You know what I mean? That's, That's why point. he was getting checked. He was fighting. He so did. I kind of feel like he's kind of like, you know what I mean, man? You motherfucking know, shit. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all, y'all bullshit me. I'm a promoter. I was a fighter. I know how this shit works. I know how to read between the lines. So I don't think we're getting that shit now. So I honestly, as a, as a 2023, January, what's today? January 19th, 18th? I don't even 16. know. 16. January 16th. We don't have nothing to look forward to. Bro, we have nothing to look forward to, Mike. Nothing to look no super fight to look forward to. I know. I know. I'll, I'll let you go, Mike, because I'm getting hot thinking about this shit. I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to keep supporting you, brother. brother. I, I, I love the content. Keep it coming, bro. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, I'm glad, Luis did the talking for me today. Luis did the ranting for me today. But I honestly, I think there's a lot of you guys out there that share this point of view. And maybe that's why you enjoy my show. And, and look, I, I'm sorry sometimes I come off being negative, but it, it, it's difficult when, and I'm, I, I promise you, I'm not trying to be the get off my lawn guy, right? I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be that dude. Because um, I understand that like every generation of sports fans looks back at you know, or, or looks at their generation growing up as the peak generation of their sport, right? Um, and I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not being that guy. I'm not saying back in my day, fighters fought the best. And today you young people don't know. I'm not being that dude. I understand that the business changes. The sport of boxing is unique um, in that, um, honestly, I've talked about this a lot. Usually boxing sets the trends that other sports follow if in terms of if you look at uh the ethnic trends in boxing the different um groups of people that have come through boxing and succeeded they kind of came through boxing first then went out into other american sports and and um succeeded anyway i've talked about that kind of stuff before right um boxing is very innovative in a lot of ways and it changes and i get that but there are things going on today that are so damaging. Um, it, it's hurting the sustainability and the viability of this sport, at least in America. Globally, boxing is doing, you can argue that on a global scene, boxing is doing better in 2023 right now than it ever has. You look at, I mean, there's scenes in the UK, Japan, Australia, throughout Europe, throughout different parts of Asia, uh, throughout different parts of Africa, different parts of Latin America, of course, all throughout Latin America, I should say, Mexico, of course, Canada, Montreal was, you know, a good scene. Um, so, and then there's several parts of America where like Texas is blowing up, man. Te the amateur scene in Texas is hot as hell right now. And you're seeing other parts of the country kind of have a rise in their amateur program and stuff. So there's a lot of cool things happening, particularly on a global basis. I get that. I do. But guys, the stuff going on right now in American boxing, it's not in the healthiest place. And like, 
me as a child of the 80s and a teenager of the 90s, a young adult of the 2000s, um, I, I feel like I was spoiled compared to what you young dudes are getting now in the 2020s. Um, even what you guys got in the 2010s, there wasn't a whole lot to scream about, but we still had, I think of like the heat for Canelo Golovkin. There was real buildup and that had a super fight feel. To me, it reminded me of the same feelings we had for De La Hoya Trinidad in fights like that. It even reminded me when I was really, really young of like Hagler Hearns and like the feelings we had going into those kinds of fights. Um, it really had that feel, right? But since that point, have what have we had in this sport that is on that level? And don't tell me Fury Wilder because it, to me, it wasn't on that scale. Um, I think the rematch was heated and a lot of people wanted to see it. And it was close. It trended, right? But it wasn't, it just wasn't on that scale. Um, so it's it's tough. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to stop. I'm not going to rant. Not going to rant. Not going to do it. Not going to do it today. Uh, super chat from Tori. And thank you so much. He says, why isn't the cruiserweight division pushed here in the United States like the rest of the world? Um, there's a few different reasons, brother. But primarily, I think because America, it's a division that American fighters have not dominated. And American sports fans like to watch American athletes do well. American sports fans are very ethnocentric and it's part of the reason why soccer isn't beloved here. Or like, you know, th there's plenty of other sports I can point to where a lot of the top performers are non-American, right? Or they're not 250 pounds and six foot six, right? Like American sports fans are size Queens and they're ethnocentric for the most part. So, um, yeah, the cruiserweight division, if you look at the best champions for the most part, uh, British dudes like David Hay, uh, you know, and, and, and some other guys from the UK, a lot of guys from Europe and the best, you could argue maybe Evander Holyfield. That's when the division was just created. I would argue personally, I'd rank Usyk over Holyfield at cruiserweight for several reasons, which I've, I've mentioned on the show before, but either way, that's your one and two. Holyfield's the one American guy that stands out. Everybody else, man, um, Jan-Marc Mormack is from France. O'Neill Bell is from Jamaica. Uh, those were some top guys. Uh, Enzo Macarinelli, UK guy. Um, so that's where all the fighters are from in the division. I think it's, that's why it's just never really caught on with the American networks. Okay, let's... Uh, I got a bunch of chat here. All right. You guys must have been feeling that last phone call. All right. Let's jump back to the phones. Uh, I'm going to take a few more calls, guys, and then we'll wrap this up. But um, Gail has an interesting comment. I got I got to hit this. Uh, Gail says, Errol Spence is a genius. And she says that in caps. And she said he gets to test himself in a new weight division against Thurman without risking his titles. Then he can stick it to Bud for calling him out by making him come to 154. Yeah, I, th that's definitely been in my mind too, Gail. And, and I have to I have to give myself a little pat in the back here. Several years ago, I mentioned, I know I've mentioned it on Twitter. I've mentioned it on this show. I can't remember exactly when, but it's definitely going back at least a couple years. I said, you know, if and when Errol Spence and the PBC finally agreed to fight Keith, uh, Keith, uh, Terrence Crawford, 
They're probably going to do it at 154. They're not only going to wait his ass out, they're going to drag his ass up and fight him at 154. And I, that may have been a prophetic statement that I made. I need to go back and search for that tweet because I swear I said that several years ago and it could end up playing out just like that. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to 631. You're on the show. What's up? Hey, Mike, it's just Keith. Keith, I thought that was you. How you doing, brother? Good, man. Good. Glad to, uh, glad to see everything's good. Uh, nice to be back on the show. Um, just want to wish you and your family the best, uh, you know, as far as health and everything as well, too. Thank you. And um, your mom and your, your mother, your family's in my prayers as well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, just a couple of things. I know you have, I know you got other calls. Um, yeah, going back to the, the fight, this, the main event this weekend, the top rank. Um, yeah, I was actually disappointed. I didn't really know who Steven Shaw was, to be honest with you, but I, I, I rewatched a few of his fights and highlights, and he's actually pretty talented. He can really put together as far as, you know, he, he looked like he had all the physical, uh, intangibles as far as power, speed, good boxing IQ. And, um, I thought, he could edge it against Ijagba, but I, I guess he just didn't show up in the moment, or maybe he was afraid of his power, or there was something wrong, but Ijagba actually looked a little bit better. He looked a tiny bit more fluid, um, but yeah. it looked like Ijagba was just fo- focusing on, he's kind of a probably cautious of what was going to come back. Um, so he's just trying to work his jab, that's it. And, you know, he just was just trying to get rounds in, uh, where Shaw was Shaw could have, you know, Shaw could have easily countered him. I felt like I guess he was just afraid of his power. It was just honestly like everyone said, my friends have said too, it was just a shitty fight. It was just a disappointment. Yeah, I was really disappointed in that because um I clicked off. Yeah, I'll admit, dude, I, I was way more excited for here here again. I'm gonna sound like I'm not the best boxing fan, but I was way more excited for the NFL games this weekend. And I clicked off of the yeah. That sounds bad, right? A guy like me doing a show, I should have, you know, a boxing show, I shouldn't be saying that, but I found myself feeling that way recently. Uh, this wasn't the first weekend I felt like that. And, um, but I clicked off of that to watch the, the, the top ranked show. And I, that, that main event, I was so pissed. I'm like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> I'm going to click back on the football. Um, so I, and I was disappointed with Shaw because, um, you know, I, I said on my show last week, I thought he was going to win and the betting line immediately moved after I released my show. And I'm not saying I did that alone, but I know that there was myself and several other people that stuck our necks out and said, we thought Shaw was going to win and we were made to look really foolish. Won't be the you know last time, but um, it's just disappointing, bro. Yeah. And it just, it seems like that, ha- I mean, that happens in boxing, whereas you on paper, one guy should dominate or one guy should do this. And it doesn't always happen. It's just like, sometimes it's almost like a coin toss. No pun intended, you know, to the NFL, but it's like a, a coin toss that makes sense too. Uh, regards to the the um, the Colgan event or the the, the Rice Vianello uh, fight, um, yeah, I think obviously that was like kind of not a freak punch, but it it was obviously uh, also the fight. You know, like you said, was winning the fight, nothing crazy, but he was just a busier fighter, a little sloppy at times, um, and he was just putting in work. Whereas Johnny Rice was looked like he was out of shape conserving his energy. He looked like he was actually you know, a lot of fried rice going to that fight. Yeah. Probably it was last minute. Uh, I was actually kind of, I worked with Johnny Rice in the past. I, did a little, I helped him with a little bit of marketing like five or six years ago. I was actually happy. He was actually a really nice guy from what I you know from meeting him and talking to him. He's cool. Um, being half Italian, I wanted to be able to win too as well. 
I think Vinny needs to get a different trainer, probably should get an American trainer and uh, just work on, you know, just work on a few things, work on finding on the inside more and work Agreed. on bearing his attack that he just comes in and out and he's going to get timed like he did with that right hand. And that's, that's going to be an issue. And the punch might have not been, you know, the punch might not have been significant as far as hurting him, knocking him out, but he's got to take some time to obviously rest because that's a, that was a nasty ass cut. That was bad. Like just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, go keep. I was going to transition to the last topic. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, that one punch, you know, he zigged when he should have zagged, and that cut, who knows, it it could come back to haunt him later in another fight. You know, it's like, as you said, it was in a bad spot. It was a bad cut. Yeah, and it just, it's just funny um, how what the angle that Richie said is talking. Looking at it, you know, so he's corrupt or, you know, he's, you know he's, he's being biased, but also looking at the angle that he saw and the replay, the angle at which he saw the punch, I could see why he didn't see the cut maybe causing it because he was kind of off to like the left-hand side and he wasn't in a prime position. He wasn't basically facing Vianello. He was off to the side. So he, he probably, on the other side of the eyes, he probably didn't see that cut happen, but props to Verona, props to, it was actually, I think, completely i mean new york state but it was also on an indian reservation too so they have their own athletic commission rules as well too so mm. i mean that's it's like one window hope that actually something good turned out and the good the correct guy got the nod essentially mm. um and then just to kind of transition yeah i mean like boxing is a shit show we keep talking about one specific promoter um and there's just people in the media who kind of deny it or kind of are in bed with them for whatever reason but I think eventually there might be like a great reset or uh, boxing is going to get to the point where it's so niche and people in the United States at least, and people are going to, people aren't going to understand why. And, you know, the dust will settle and we'll, we'll understand why. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that are exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, you see some reports where I saw something on Twitter, I think over the weekend, that it, they interviewed some digital platform study was done where, where they um, interviewed, I think people under 25 in America about what their favorite sport is and okay. boxing ranked in the top five. So it's trending among young okay. people, but here's the, but a lot of what they're watching is this influencer shit, the YouTuber boxing, the Jake Paul yeah. boxing, and it's trending. It's, it's popular. But most of these guys have no idea who Gervonta Davis is or who Alexander Usyk is. Like, they don't know the real boxers. You know what I'm saying? So um, there's some positive stuff happening, but it's concerning because I don't know how the true boxing industry can tap into that and, and make it viable for real boxers. Uh, off the top of my head, I would say the promoters going to have influencers fighting, put the influencers on the undercard, like or co-main event, and make the uh, make the actual fighters the main event uh, for one, um, and obviously produce better cards. But yeah, that's that's exactly when you said that boxing's the top five. I'm like, oh yeah, it's probably because of influencers, you know, people who were very much involved in social media as well. Yep. It's 100. Um, percent Actually, I know we don't have a lot. Of, 
we've got a lot of fights to look forward to. One fight at the end of the month that I'm actually very excited about once you know got changed is the um, Baturbia of Yard fight. That's going to be a granted Baturbia is a heavy favorite and he should dominate, but that's going to be an exciting fight just because of the clash of styles. Completely agree. I actually think Yard's awkwardness and his athleticism is going to give Baturbia at least something to think about early. And I think we might have some very interesting early rounds. Baturbiev has been dropped early in fights where he does start mm-hmm. cold. We might see something interesting here. Yeah. Look, at some point, this dude's going to look old, right? Um, with that style, at some point. So I'm 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 interested in this fight. And I think Yard, look, I obviously favor the Russian. And I think he's going to win by stoppage. Yeah. But this fight's going to be interesting early on. There's going to be some some good moments for yard early in this fight i think yeah i i, yeah, I agree with you yard is kind of a little harpy jerky he's very yes. close to be strong um i think he gets i think he gives baturbia problems in the beginning of the fight and then mid to late rounds of fight baturbia especially like what we saw when he fought marcus brown he got the head but baturbia woke up if baturbia doesn't wake up at some point it's probably if he doesn't get old again he doesn't get overnight he's gonna he's gonna break him down and stop him eventually because one He's just bigger, physically stronger, and then two yard is an explosive fighter. He's got all that muscle mass, like he did with Kovalev. He just got exhausted in the end of he got stopped. One hundred percent. And my last, uh, my last point is um, uh, Richard Riakapal. He's actually a pretty good. Uh, he's a decent. He's a good uh, cruiserweight on the domestic level. So I think the Golnowski fight is a uh, is a good step up for him. He should win. But I've seen I've seen highlights of him fighting. He's pretty explosive. Uh, decent skill wise too, so it should be a it should be a, a good fight. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I, you know I'm looking forward to that card. I think it's going to be a fun domestic level card. Definitely going to check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, that's it. I appreciate it again. Um, well wishes to everyone. Glad to uh, glad you know glad that you're doing this for us. Really appreciate what you do and your objectivity. It's awesome. So thank you again very much. Thank you so much, Keith. I appreciate it, brother. Have a good one, man. Great All call. Right. You too. Take care. Bye. All right. I'll take maybe two more calls, guys, and then we're going to wrap it up, okay? Um, let's jump right back into it. We'll take a couple more quick ones, okay? Um, oh, we got Tony. I think we got Tony in L.A. Probably going to have some ratings questions. <laughs> What's up, Tony? How you doing, man? No, I'm just going to beat up under the BBC a little bit today. Oh, cool. Um, that's that's he always a good time. Let Espinoza bait you so much, Mike. Oh, oh, thank you for saying that. Because man, yeah. I took a lot of heat this weekend. <laughs> I got a lot of hate mail. <laughs> You're gonna get baited a lot, and I mean, I, I only get baited usually when they check on the dead fighters. That's the only time I get baited into any of this anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh but uh, for the WEDC. If I heard this correctly, he said that he's not going to determine whether it's a mandatory, it's a title defense, or anything until after they fight. I've never seen that. Who? I mean, they could do a lot of things with the weights and the belt and all that, but they're not going to tell us what what kind of fight this is until after they're done fighting. I don't get that. Who said this? Suleiman. Suleiman said it about who? He was on the uh, the Thurman Spence fight. Really, Jesus! 
Yeah. The the mental the gymnastics interview. that are being performed right now. Because if you look at what they did at 147 with Keith Thurman, and now they're fighting at 154, so they're going to have to justify a rating there somehow. The mental gymnastics being performed. Uh, well, no. Uh, I'll say it like this. It, 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 it got bad during, I don't want to beat up on him, but Sugar Ray Leonard and the light heavyweight and the super middleweight thing. If they're going to use that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. With the Lolanda fight yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it has to be a mandatory. I, I don't know if this is a mandatory right now because if it's a mandatory, there has to be a title defense. If there's no title defense, it's not a mandatory, right? It, it can't be a mandatory because how can this be? How can Spence and Thurman be a mandatory when they're fighting in a division where they haven't even been ranked before? Like it just <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Sugar Ray Leonard. Light heavyweight position. Okay. Jeez. Uh, I, I, I don't like it. I've seen it. It's been done. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has to be a mandatory for the belt and Thurman gets a shot at the belt. Because a mandatory means Thurman gets a Because the game that Spence is playing is he doesn't want Thurman to get a shot at the belt. That's, that's what the game that he's Okay. But he'll fight him. So, he'll fight him and you know help him get paid yeah, millions of dollars. Him. But um, yeah, he'll he'll just fight him, but he's not going to give him the shot at the belt. And if he's not going to give him the shot at the belt, it's not in mandatory, right? Hmm. Yeah, Unless I, there's some loophole I I missed in boxing. I it's it, it's very difficult to try to rationalize and explain that entire situation to somebody without just saying boxing is fucking stupid. I, I don't know how else to No. That, that I, 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 dude, that it, situation it, with it, the whole thing with Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, they should be fighting in April. Gail's right. And, and they're probably going to end up fighting at 154 if, and when they do uh, the, the welterweight oh, division has been put I, on hold. I'm not, I mean, okay. It's no, nuts. No. What they've done is, they're, they're kind of stupid, to, I'll be honest with you. If Crawford wants to go and fight Drew and Australia, he'll get a good payday in Australia. Because now they've put the Charlotte Zoo fight in jeopardy. Because who's going to trust the PDC right now and the 154 division on anything they say if Thurman and Spence are in there? Yeah, I don't understand why Zoo even thought he could be a player in their game. I don't know what they were thinking. If you'll make a great payday with Crawford in Australia because I don't think they're going to even honor his title shot right now, to be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. If Spence really truly does move up yeah, to 154, but, Zoo's not, I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, with, with Zoo, I'm like, he can fight He can fight me or you in Australia and make a lot of money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's in play. The entire thing still moving in motion, so I don't know what's going to happen. But they're just throwing up everything and giving Crawford a lot of opportunities. Right? So That's a good I point. don't know. Let it let it play out however they want to play it out. I mean, I'm sick of it. I want to see Spence Crawford. <laughs> you guys want to play these games and stuff blow up in your faces. That's all I know. <laughs> Look, at but some I point... This, I want to talk about... Okay, go, go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. 
no, no. I'm talking about something else. So go ahead. I want to hear you. I was just going to say Crawford and Spence can keep dangling this carrot in front of fans and avoiding the fight. Eventually, one of them will lose, and they're going to fuck it up. Uh, not that Spence Crawford is this huge fight anyway. It really isn't. It's just a it's, fight that die diehards want to see. Americans. No, it's good. It's a big for Americans, and it's actually cracked the. It's gotten into where fight fans, people who like fighting, want to see this fight, not just boxing fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. But I mean, they can do whatever they want. I I can't. In boxing, you can't force anybody to do anything. <laughs> you have to just try to motivate them. So I'm over them. I want to talk about uh, the Taylor Catterall situation because they're dragging this one out, and I'm getting sick of this one as well because they want now to delay this because they want to negotiate how they want to judge it. Do you they, believe that? They want to do what? They, they're right now, they're not giving us a date for the Taylor Catterall rematch because they're in negotiations about how they're going to judge it because Taylor finally got the, he wants to do a fight in his location. Okay, uh-huh. now they're arguing about, oh, we want to change into some different kind of judging for this one, like uh, open judging or I uh, open scoring. Thinking about. Open scoring. Yeah. I don't know what. I, Ketterall's acting like a diva right now. I hate diva. So, yeah, I, I honestly... I don't know what Taylor's doing. Honestly, dude, you, you I... Fight, I you can fight Amy. You can fight tons of people and make more money at 140 and doing this. At some... Well, and I think Taylor's Ketterall trying... Dragging it out. Taylor's trying to do the right thing because a lot of people felt he lost oh, that he fight. Is. He's being punished for it. He's lost what pretty much all of his belts. Uh, basically, the antithesis of what's happened to Spence at 47 has happened to Taylor at 40. And he's actually, unlike Spence, trying to do the right thing by fans. Um, but I'm with and you. At Catterall's some point, Catterall's, Catterall's making the most of his moment. He had his George Cambosos moment is the way I kind of see this. No disrespect. But I don't – I actually – like Taylor big in that rematch. I think Taylor had the worst fight he's had in years against Catterall. And I think he'll show up a lot better in the rematch and win it pretty decisively. And if you're Catterall, go ahead and maximize everything you can as far as your dollars, but all the diva shit, it's not helping your case at all. Um, But, you know, I hope the fight happens. And then after that, I hope Taylor moves forward and, um, you know, we get a, maybe a pro grade rematch, or as you mentioned, there's a million other fights he could take right now. He's set up well, but yeah, this this shit's like put his career on hold, dude. Yeah, I'm like over it. Now, two more fighters and then I'll be done. Okay. In a way, Fulton's going to be going to 122 because he wants the weight advantage and get in a way at 126. You know what? Or 126. Fulton's going to 126. So it looks like Ali probably is going to get a chance if the PDC lets them. What's the probability of that? I actually, um, I think it is probable PBC that it could happen. Letting him get. I think PBC will let Alim do it because they don't view him as the same type of commodity as they view as Stephen Fulton. 
PBC is very, very clear okay. in their actions which fighters they value more than others. Uh, Jamel Herring is a great example. They did not value Jamel Herring at all, and they were using him as an opponent. Right. And they wanted him to fight at 135, and they, they wanted him to use him to build some of the guys up against. And when he left and went to top rank, you could see how the different treatment, uh, how he flourished for a while there. Um, I don't think they value Aline the way they value Fulton, obviously. Okay. And I, so I think it could happen. Okay. I do. Oh, that would be a good fight for sure, then. Yes. Uh, last one is Donaire. Uh, he has a lot of options. He's talking about fighting Martinez at 115. It doesn't look like Maloney's really anxious to meet him at uh, 118. Hmm. But if he goes against anyway, he can, Takuma anyway, he can get a belt, get right decently and fight for a vacant Probably, I'm guessing, with Neri at 122 and get his third shot at Inouye, which he wants, I guess, because he feels that he can do better. And I'll, I, I, I'm, I like Donaire enough where I'll say I, I, I want him to get a shot like that. He, he thinks he can really. Like, I, I'll give it to him for that. He, I want him to get a shot just to see. You know what I mean? I'll say this, man. Um, Nonito Donaire is one of my favorite human beings in boxing. Him and his wife, Rachel, are awesome oh, yeah. people. Wonderful people. First ballot Hall of Famer. Got my vote, you know, as soon as he retires. I don't want him fighting in a way again at any weight. I, I, I don't want to see that. I, I know. I just don't want to see he it, dude, because I like Nonito too much. That's just my personal I, feeling. He on it. wants the heat. I know he does because he's crazy, I, I, <laughs> but he, he look. Man, I, I gotta give it to the champs like that. That's cool. Like, when will he? I but don't care. He, he wants that heat. He reminds me of Evander Holyfield in the sense that Evander Holyfield truly believed he could beat anybody. He really, truly believed that in his heart, even when he couldn't. And I think Nonito's the same way. He really thinks he could beat in a way. No, I don't. I, I, I'm going to, I, I'm favoring anyway because I'm going to be ruthless because that's why I, that's the only way I can figure out things in boxing. He's got a long count in that first fight. Yeah, but there's a long anyway, time ago, dude. Knockouts against him. So, but, but he is that, he, he proved it. By winning a belt, beating a top guy, they're not the top top, but they are credible. Yeah. yeah. He believes he got caught cold in the rematch. And in boxing, you know that, and don't get caught cold. He feels he got caught cold. He's fighting well enough where I think he should do that. But I don't favor him. That's all I can say. All right, you're on the record, brother. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Fresh. Thanks TV a lot, brother. And your entire family. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Later on. All right. Ciao, Tony. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I think Nonito will get caught cold again if they fight again. He's just at that point in his career. Um, 
And I just don't want to see that happen to him. Komiko's eye uh, with a, with an interesting question here. Um, I want to get to before we take our last call, Omar, I got you on deck. So hang on, I'll get you. All right. So just hang on a minute here. Um, he says, Hey Mike, great show as always. Quick question. Has boxing ever been in this kind of cluttered, chaotic state with these fighters sanctioning by his promoters, YouTube boxing, et cetera? Uh, qu- quick answer is no. Long answer is why. Okay. And, and I'm not going to get into the who, what, when, where, why of it, but boxing has never been this fragmented, uh, particularly American boxing where, you know, growing up, there were two, there, there were fights on USA and, and ESPN and stuff like that, but like the two major players, it was HBO, it was Showtime. Right. Um, and that those days are gone. Now, I don't know what, there's no one platform that's king because HBO was the king and Showtime was, you know, always the runner up, but high value fights. So a lot of like diehard fans subscribe to Showtime boxing, but a lot of the casual fans knew HBO boxing is where you go for the cream of the crop, the best fighters, the, the biggest stars, biggest budget. HBO is the king. Right now, you don't have that. You there's no like I can I can say I, I feel over the last couple of years, DeZone has probably offered the best overall value for their subscribers, but I wouldn't call them the king of boxing. I wouldn't call Showtime Fox or, or ESPN the king. I don't know who there's no one entity where you're like, okay, this is the premium top of the line boxing platform, right? There, there's no order, it's just all over the place. It's like taking spaghetti and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks. So that's part of the problem. I think that in sports, you kind of need that order, right? So so in MMA, obviously, you know it's UFC. They're the top dog. There are other promotions, but and there are tons of diehard MMA fans that are like, oh, UFC sold out. I'm, I'm subscribing to this other platform over here. I don't know all the names. but um, you know, that world exists for football, American football, I should say. It's the NFL, right? And, and, and so on. In boxing right now, there's no leader. There's no like cream of the crop platform where you're like, okay, this is where the best fighters are, the, the biggest stars, the biggest fights happen on this platform. And then everyone else is trying to catch up to them. That's what HBO Boxing gave us. It's gone now. So uh, will one of these platforms rise up and be the new king? Could it be DAZN because they're going to be global and they'll have a global footprint and they'll have access to more fighters, more promotions? I I don't know. I really don't know. But right now, when you don't have that leader, think about it to use a real quick boxing reference and then I'll move on because it's an interesting question. I could do an hour-long video on this question. But think about it like a division where there's no champion right? It's just a bunch of title holders and contenders. It's chaos. But when you have that true champion, whether they have all the belts or the majority of the belts, whatever, when you know there's that one dude who's the best, it creates order. And you know there's structure there. We have no structure right now in boxing. It's just chaos. All right, last call. We're going to talk to Omar real quick, and then we're going to um, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Great freaking show. Great calls today. Omar, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Couldn't agree more. 
couldn't agree more. Um, this is my take on this. Um, I'm going to come on and say this. As long as Al Heyman, who I believe at this point is just like a mythological creature because I have a better chance of meeting Jesus tomorrow than <laughs> seeing this guy than anything. As long as this guy is in boxing, boxing will never progress the way that it has to progress. Mm. And people wonder why guys like Mayweather, guys in the PBC, get um, the criticism. You know why they get the criticism? Because it's valid. Mm. Perfect example. The last time I called, I made it known and I still stand on this. I think Tank Davis is going to be undefeated for probably to the end of his career. So there's a new star that's up and coming that's just younger, that got fresher legs, that hasn't had that much damage to his body, and he's probably going to take over his throne. Now, there's people saying, oh, but who has Tank Davis fought? Really? Really? Because if you want to play that game, let's play this game. Okay. I can make that argument for damn near every boxer that's in the sport today. Yes. I'm one of the biggest Tyson Fury fans that you will ever meet in your life. You don't understand how much I... I wish that there was more of this guy in the sport of boxing because he just, it generates like things like what Ali used to generate back in the day. I'm not trying to compare him to Muhammad Ali by no stretch of the imagination, but you need fighters like that that are going to promote the fights that are going to get people excited. The problem is this. These fights don't happen for whatever reason. Now, at what point in time are we going to come out and say, okay, um, these fights don't happen because of this person or that person. Now, what I'm trying to say is, who has Tyson Fury fought other than Klitschko and Wilder that you could say, okay, and this is the heavyweight champion of the world that we're talking about right now. Right, right. Look at all these fighters. Look at look at so many of these guys that are in the sport right now that have been in the sport for so many years. There's no reason why we haven't, that we shouldn't have seen Bretton Crawford by now. We should have saw Mayweather Pacquiao in two thousand whatever before we get to we got to see it and look look at the damage that that one fight did to the sport. We haven't recovered yet, bro. It, we have not recovered from that fight it's yet. Un- definitely, and I, at what point will we? We won't because look, everybody's charging hundred dollar pay per views now. Basically, that was the and last the great bait and switch yeah. pulled on on yeah. sports fans. It it. it did irreparable damage to the sport of boxing. Oh my God. And it's, but see, this is, this is my thing. And, you know, and there'll be so many people agreeing with me right now and we'll all get the Twitter fingers and we'll all cry outrage or whatever. But when are these people going to get held accountable for this shit? Like, when is there going to be some structure Structure. Don't talk to you know. I, listen, I'm I'm great. I miss HBO boxing, like you don't even understand, because mm. it was actually like a part of my childhood. Yep. And it was always Showtime. It was always you know what I'm saying you always had those two outlets to go to, and then there was the pay per view fight. And you're right. HBO had basically more of the great fighters. Floyd Mayweather started over there, but this is our soul. I don't want to say genuinely hate him. But, like, we keep the bullshit, bro. Like, don't think we don't see... We haven't seen the bullshit throughout all of these years. Like, these guys now, what they do is... It could be a great fighter or a good, decent fighter, whatever, and you'll put them up against guys who basically have no business in the ring with them at that certain time in their careers. 
One thing like I noticed about fans that aren't like really like diehard boxing fans, they don't realize that the when in this sport is just as important as the who. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't tell me you beat a whole bunch of guys when they're over the hill already, or when there's catchway fights, or when there's so many discretions in the negotiations or whatever that it could affect one thing or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like all all those years that it took Mayweather Packer to come. And oh, you just you, yo, we, you just got really muffled, Omar. I don't know what happened. Uh, you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I hear you now. Okay, well, what I'm trying to say is like when when Mr. Even Plainfield got caught on his couch injecting whatever to mask, um, uh, whatever the hell he was taking, which I love by the way that he spent all those years, uh, Accusing what was it, uh, Pacquiao's guys of deucing him, but then when the Pacquiao fight came, he hired the same guys. And yeah, a fighter. He who... also paid over a hundred thousand dollars for yeah. USADA and refused to do VADA, which is better testing that would have only cost him about ten, twenty thousand. I found that pretty interesting. Oh yeah, I mean, man, they don't sell Pacquiao couldn't get a, a bottle. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, Pacquiao couldn't get a bottle of water or uh, an Advil of his shoulder. Now, I'm not saying that he was, like, listen, you had all this time to prepare for this fight. You know, I don't know what Freddie Woods was thinking over training Pacquiao. I think something, like, tells me that Manny did that on his own. Um, but it's the simple fact that there's there's no excuse for this shit. There's no excuse for this shit. And when I see guys like Teddy Atlas on ESPN Screaming at guys like Stephen A. Smith because he's from this world and he's lived this world. You know, after that first Triple G fight with that Adelaide Bird scorecard, and he was he was literally screaming at and like, she will work again. She will work again. What do you mean you're not ready to to like uh, criticize boxing like that? No, you should be. And the reason why they us the fans, to be honest with you, in my opinion, we perpetuate this shit. Yeah. Because we never hold these people accountable. There's no more. There should be one more. You shouldn't be the only guy who has the balls to step up to Bob Benning and Bella Hoyer and say, what, is, what, what are you guys going to do about this? Which I would love, by the way, to see what the hell this lady articulated to Bob Benning that she got deemed another fight where she gave another crazy scorecard. Go figure that much. But it's just what the casual fan doesn't realize is that this is just another day in the sport of boxing. And this is why I'm so jealous of USC fans and MMA fans. Because of all the shit and all the criticism that guys like Dana White get, you know, fighter pay or whatever, like, you got to realize, first of all, there's two different animals. Look at the amount of main events, not just fights, but main events that UFC puts puts out in one year compared to boxing. There's no comparison, bro. There really isn't. Yes, there's a lot of boxing fights throughout the years, but are they main event fights? Are they dispense versus Crawfords? No. And I wish to God that we had a Dana White in boxing running this shit because let somebody tell him, oh, no, I don't want to fight this guy right now. What do you mean you want to fight this guy right now? No, no, I don't want to fight this guy right now. I want to fight this guy. Okay, no, um, guess what? You're not going to fight at all. Right. And then I'm going to strip you of your title. And then you want to come back, you're going to have to start from the from the square one again. See, that doesn't exist in the sport because unfortunately, this sport has never been a sport, bro, in my opinion. It's been a business. It's been solely just a business. And I'm sorry, 
I've heard rumors throughout the whole, like, my entire life, yo, bro, you know the mob runs boxing, right? And I'm like, nah, that's bullshit. Like, you can't. Come on, bro. And I'm like, the only mob that, that should be running boxing is Montero on boxing. You just get that picture. <laughs> but, I appreciate bro, like, that, I appreciate so, that. Uh, nah, man, always, bro, always. But I'm just like, man, it's with, you know, guys like me, like, we, we give up on this sport a lot of times. Because it's just like, what's the point of this shit? It, what it, is the point? If the Spencers and the Crawfords never fight each other. Well, and then, and then you it, know. It gets hard. It, for me, not to make this about me, uh, but just to personalize a little bit, I try to tell the truth and I always try to have the fans heart in, in my mind when I speak. Right. And I, yeah. I, I get attacked, dude. Like there, there's entities in the American boxing industry that set that send people out to get me. And they personally attack me and go, and now they've got like activist type dudes on, on social media and stuff going after me all the time. And I'm like, damn, dude, I'm trying to like tell you the way fans feel. Cause that's, I'm a diehard boxing nerd that at the end of the day, that's what I am. And I've been able to kind of work yep. my way into the media a little bit, but I'm just a fucking fan with that is trying to explain, explain to people how we feel. And um, I I get attacked for it. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm trying to stick up for you guys, and you're beating me up. Like that's that's the crazy part. Uh, and I'm not the only one, but that's just the. It's nah, weird that like not, fans man, protect these promoters, dude. Fans protect these networks and stuff. And it's like, what? When the fuck? When did that start to happen? Like that's just so weird to me, man. I think it started to happen when a lot of because a lot of these fans that they're that you're describing, from what I seen on my side, I mean I could be completely wrong from your perspective, but they're not guys that watched the sport their whole lives. Like That's guys like me and you and everybody listening right now, in my opinion, they're just not. Okay. And the thing is, is like when I see bro, let me tell you something. When I could tell you where I was, what I was doing when I saw you do what you did in that press conference, when you stood up, I was like literally on my ex-girlfriend's couch smoking a blunt <laughs> after like three o'clock in the morning. And I jumped off to the couch and woke her up because I screamed, fucking finally, bro. Oh, finally. wow. That's awesome. I said, finally. And I'm, and I'm just like, and ever since then, that's, that's what really got me like hooked in your channel because I felt like there was, there was never a voice out there that said that that said the obvious that everybody's too scared to say on ESPN. You might hear it every now and then from little Stephen A. Smith and when he does his segments and he's like, you know, these damn boxing promoters, man. These damn boxing. Yeah, but bro, like, why don't you call them out? Right. Like, not even just call them out. Like, at what point in time is somebody gonna take Teddy Atlas's advice? And because I remember when he said that he reached out to like John McCain, and mm -hmm. and it's and, like people like laughed at that, and it was like, no, why? Because this shit should be investigated. Yeah. Because you're that. honestly, if this if this if there is a sport in this world where it shouldn't be where the contestants are picking and choosing who and when to compete against, it should be sports against like like boxing, contact sports like MMA and all that. Because let me tell you something, like we we witnessed what happened to that guy Demar Hamlin on the football field. And let me tell you something. I know I grew up with football players. The training camp for football is brutal. It really is. Like, they don't get enough credit with that. And yeah. 
But let me tell you something. That compares nothing to what a fighter goes through in his training camp. Because at the end of the day, you're in that ring by yourself. Yep. You don't have a helmet. Okay. Your, your trainer's not going to, you can't tag in your trainer. Oh, come here. No, no. You're fighting the whole 12 rounds. All right. And you're playing with people's lives like that, bro. And this is why I'm going to be honest with you. I can't stand Mayweather. I never could. And I probably never will. Because he's going to make $100 million next month by going to Saudi Arabia and fighting a tricycle. And Kenny <laughs> Bayless will be refereeing it. And it just goes to show. And I just, and this is just, this goes to show how so many, it's so many different things that like that, that, that dictate the future of where the direction of where the sport is going. Cause let me tell you something, you know, as much as I know, Mike, Tyson Fury should be calling Jack Reese every day. As long as he's in the, as long as he's still fighting and thanking him, because if that was Kenny Bayless and that first Fury in Wilder fight, yeah. you know, as much as I know, he would have been waving his hands oh, yeah. over Fury's face yeah. and not even count the one. And That's look how good. different shit would have been. In the yeah. heavyweight division. Look how different it would have been. Because you know why Kenny Bellis is there every Mayweather fight. He's there to uh, pay, cater to him. And a lot of these refs get put in there. Now, I'm seeing a little bit less of it nowadays. And that's a good thing. But I, there's no reason why. There's no reason why boxing shouldn't have been the number one sport in this country for more than a decade. Hmm. It shouldn't just be football. It shouldn't just be basketball and baseball. No, Americans love contact sports. And this has been around since I can even remember. And the fact that it's still run like it's back in like the 1930s, it's just like, it's like, bro, what the fuck are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we doing? You know, all those people that they send to, to attack you, wherever? I wouldn't be surprised if they pay them off because those are the same oh, I know. people some of them are, that are compromised. Some of them are definitely paid. Yeah, dude, they're compromised because they're in the system. They're the ones, dude, they're the ones dishing out the corruption. Yeah, I, I could rant out it, for it, hours. Uh, the things I've learned. I've, oh I've had God. some legal people uh, reach out to me in, in the boxing industry and do some uh, investigating for me. And Because I've armed myself with information because I'm like, dude, if, the, if it gets to the point where these people dox me, and start going after me where people might come to my home and shit. I'm going to definitely protect myself. Um, but I ain't going to get into all yeah, that man. right now. But I need to wrap it up, brother. We're going on two hours. Great call, though, man. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I, it, it, I don't disagree with anything you said, honestly. Nah, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. I see baby girl getting big. <laughs> well, you already know. <laughs> all the blessings to you, man. Give just my best. And, you know, we'll talk soon, bro. All right. Thanks a lot, brother. All right, man. Great calls today, guys. And uh, thank you so much for the love. Um, I know some of you guys are talking about that Bob Bennett presser. That's where I, I, I've met several of you and, and it changed my life. It literally changed my life. Um, it's crazy. People still talk about it. It's, it's uh, just one of those things, you know, it really changed my life. Um, all right, guys, we'll try to do a show Friday as long as I'm awake. <laughs> if not, uh, we'll be back here. Uh, back in Monday and we'll, we got calls now so we'll do it with the calls great stuff today have a wonderful week everybody ciao and uh, I'll see you at the fights peace <laughs>